Lucky you. Best 36 holes in golf. You tuned in to Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about golf. Barkies, Sandys. Poker. Bond. James Bond. Horse racing. I'm all in. Great movies. Alfred Hitchcock. We have no script. And down the stretch they come. We're glad you joined us. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. Let's start again. Part three, Bill Harmon. Bill, we're back. We're Great. looking at uh, one of your favorite spots. It wasn't too far from where you spent some time at Wingfoot. Well, when I won the club championship, um, sounds funny. I <laughs> was at 50 some odd years ago. Uh, I was playing Bob Wilkie, who was uh, oh, good an play. established uh, player, much older than I. Of course, everybody was at the time. And in the morning, I shot 67 on the West Course. Wow. Holy crap. How old were you? I was, uh, so that was 67. I just turned 17. It would have been over on the uh, eighth green, I guess. Mm-hmm. The massacre. On the seventh green. And I was three under par on the east course on those holes. Yeah, I was holing everything and hitting it good. And You know, back then, I didn't know anything about the golf swing. And I felt if I could reach a green, I could knock it close. Now, if I can get a pitching wedge on the green, I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) So the game was, uh, there was no fear involved. I didn't know what that word meant. When you get older and you realize how lucky you've been, and you you start tracing why the heck did this happen. Uh, And I I have to give Waikiki credit, too. You know, we were there before we came over to Wingfoot, and Waikiki was great to the Harmons. And uh, that was a wonderful place to learn how to play golf. Donald Ross. Heck of a nice a golf course to yeah. play. To have to hit downhill, uphill, side hill, small greens. That you could learn to play golf a while ago. Do you think golf has to be played with 14 clubs? I feel before they change the ball and all this stuff on distance, which I think should happen personally for the pros. I think the easiest thing to do is to uh limit the number of clubs and make it nine for the pros. And then let's see who can be the best player. So a driver. But what would they take? You know, what a driver, a hybrid, and seven wedges. When I was at Wingfoot in 2020, the ball was running forever. The course actually played short, and only one guy broke par. But my first day, I was a, a spotter on four west. This sounds kind of crazy. I was on the right side of the fairway, and I never realized, looking back to the tee, how downhill that tee shot was. It never dawned on me when I was playing the hole because it was always a drive and a four iron or something. And these guys were hitting driving sand wedges to four four west from 480 yards. Unbelievable. You know, they're hitting short irons to number nine, 600 yards. And um, only one guy broke par. And and so, and I think six over might have been in the top 10, by the way. And but that's a joke to hit a drive in a nine iron to a 600 yard par five. And that's not yeah. right. I don't care how big you are and all that stuff. That's, that's not golf. And I don't really enjoy watching pro golf today because every hole is a drive in a wedge and every par five is a drive in a seven iron. Right. Except on a par three. So I like watching the, I hate the course at Bay Hill, but I like the fact that it's hard 
and that guys have to make some pars coming in. You know, they actually have to perform and, and put the ball in the fairway and hit the green. I'm not blaming the players. The players are fantastic. They're really good. I just Augusta think kind of something stands is, up too. something's going wrong here. I don't know what it is, but the game shouldn't be this easy. Uh, but Payne, Payne was a winner. You know, there's an expression at that level, golf swings don't win tournaments, people win tournaments. You know, and so he won three majors. You know, when he got into the hunt, he was a show-off, you know, by the way he dressed and everything. And show-offs usually do better. I had kind of quit caddying by the time he became real good. But we were playing with him at, at Abilene, the legit classic. So this is a story that comes to mind. And he drove it in the left rough on the 18th hole. And he had tree trouble. Um, there weren't a lot of uh, leaves. There were just these branches. And he kept taking these practice swings. And the it really inhibited his backswing. And you guys play enough. Let's say there's a, a limb that makes you shorten your backswing 50%. You know, and you take 20 practice swings and 20 practice swings. And when you when it finally comes to the ball, you hit the limb and your, your swing. You do it almost every <laughs> single time. He hit the limb in his swing and it directed the club and he whiffed it. And without missing a beat, he screamed as loud as he could, strike one. <laughs> <laughs> and so I never forgot that. When you're Paul Tesori, catting for Webb Simpson or Cam Young. So this week you're in Texas at the Valero Open. Next week is the Masters. Yeah. How's that like? Do, I mean, some of these guys have net jets. Do you get invited on the jet? Do you have to get to the place? Well, there were no net jets, right. net jets when I when I was out there. Um, <clears throat> we just had Robin and I had our big Harmon Recovery fundraiser last week, and uh, at our little party the night before the golf, we had uh, Julie Inkster, Jay, uh, Billy Andrade. Tom Percher and Joe Durant did a little Q&A. And uh, Jay, Jay mentioned sarcastically that, uh, you know, it was very difficult early on when he started playing the tour in the, in the early 70s, you know, when the jet showed up about 15 minutes late and the champagne wasn't quite chilled properly on the flight home after missing the cut of course he was being sarcastic because <laughs> it wasn't that way back when they started and uh my question to them was i always like to ask questions that they haven't heard before because you know these guys have been playing and julie have been playing competitive golf 40 50 years and i asked them what their lowest point was when they knew that they weren't good enough anymore because they all go through it by the way you know we're talking about justin thomas who you know if he finishes 15th we think he's had a bad week because they've all gone through it and so it was very interesting listening to you know in the middle of a slump uh how down they got and everything and so julie inkster's she went first and hers was fantastic she talked about you know she'd won three u.s amateurs in a row i believe she was a, uh, uh, but she was a mother. Back then, there were no daycare centers, and she was playing bad. And she said, "Just think of this: I was a bad mom, a bad wife, and a bad golfer all at the same time." 
uh, asking me if I ever got on a net jet from the Valero tournament. No, we drove through the night, uh, unfortunately, with some help, probably. And but you know, back then that was kind of the fun of it to me. I I look back on uh, uh I think we all look back on days in our in our lives when we had nothing but we didn't know any different. So you just get it done. And so I, I look back in the caddy days when I started, we didn't make any money, nobody really had any money. But we all took care of each other and we traveled together and and I don't uh I thought it was the time of my life. I was having a, a great time. So I, uh, you know, when you work at nice clubs like I do, and um, you see people that supposedly have everything, and for my value system, some of them have nothing. They got houses and they got this, but they don't have happiness. So <laughs> I, I don't look at... Uh, uh, you know, my my gifts in life come wrapped in different packages and they're not things, they're experiences and stuff. So uh, I Absolutely. like listening to how it was before people got good or before they became successful, because everybody had to go through issues and problems and stuff. And Jay Haas's comment was interesting. He said, I never wanted to get comfortable. I wasn't good enough to be comfortable. I'd have an edge all the time. I'd always be striving because players are coming up that are probably better than me and I got to ward them off. That's why I get a kick out of players say I get tired playing three, four weeks in a row. Yeah. I get a, that, that really gets me. But to your point, Bill, um, it is interesting what makes these new golfers tired. Bob Golby had a three year stretch where he played 39, 39, and 42 tournaments. Wow. And now if they play, well, God, I got to play these three FedEx Cups in a row, you know. Right. That's terrible for $25 million a tournament. God, I can, that's hard. I, I've said this, that well before live, not every Masters champion liked each other. And nothing ever came out of the dinners because they play with each other all the time. You know, when I caddied for Mike Gilmore the last round of the uh, U.S. Open in 2020 when he was a, a marker, he played with Abraham Ancher. And I thought Abraham Ancher was one of the coolest guys I ever met in my life. I loved him. Terrific guy. Unbelievably good guy. So just because he goes to live, that's going to wipe out my memory of those 18 holes? No, doesn't. He's a good guy. My dad had this kind of figured out years ago. They, everyone used to say Augusta was a hooker's course. And he said, yeah, but all the trouble's on the left. <laughs> the demerit was a fader. He won three. Nicholas was a fader. He won six. You know, so this notion that you have to hook the ball at Augusta, but almost every hole, jail is on the left, other than 18 yeah. that I can think of. I always thought one of the oddities in golf is that Every double green at St. Andrews, if you add up the number of what the hole is, it always came to 18. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. The second green and 16. the 16th. Three and score doesn't add up to 18 on those. On, two on either one of them. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. It's the one thing that you'll always want to be thinking about your relationship with Wingfoot. I think Wingfoot in this country has been the most influential club in the history of American golf because of its relationships with the golf pros and it's a golf club and all the people that Wingfoot has mentored 
all these young kids that come and go on to be great pros at every other club in the country and then they branch out from there i i believe wingfoot has changed the course of golf more than any club uh, in america when you look at the pros that they've had system pros and gone on to be great pros and great players all over the place and i remember when i was there last time asking some of the pros how often do you play they go, oh three four times a week i don't play three or four times a season you know and so another little feather in your cap you know katie pj merchandiser of the year she came there as a 22 year old intern right now she's, she's a PGA she's merchandiser terrific. of the year that says a lot for the club that says a lot for the people there so i think wingfoot has influenced golf not modern day golf the way it is now because clubs are different and i get all that i work at one that's different but Wingfoot has had more influence on the real golfers, in my opinion, than any club I've ever been around. Nothing's even close to it. But it, it's a golf club, and uh, it's it's revered and it's respected, and uh, they allow the pros to be golf pros. Most people didn't turn pro to fold shirts, you know. They and it did all of that without a driving range. Unbelievable. <laughs> The worst driving race. <laughs> this has been extra special, Billy. Thanks, I don't guys. know how it could be extra special after we did the three episodes yeah. earlier last year. I just, you keep amazing. And we have so many people that are asking us, when's Billy coming back? I ah, well, I can't wait to get back. I'm the lefty you can bring out of the bullpen when you don't have any other guests. Well, well, we, want have a, to, we want a lesson in the bunker, one-handed lesson. When in I the get bunker, back, man. we're going to do it. Wingfoot has influenced golf. Not modern day golf, the way it is now, because clubs are different. And I get all that. I work at one that's different. But Wingfoot has had more influence on the real golfers, in my opinion, than any club I've ever been around. Nothing's even close to it. Why are you laughing? Uh, uh, well, at least we have a laugh to add at the end. <laughs> right. We're, we've gone from 12 handicaps at this to 19 handicaps in just a week. <laughs> that, that's what happened. Somebody changed my grip, and the next thing you know, I can't do the podcast anymore. I felt like I was in the first row of the uh, first pew at church right during the sermon. <laughs> and your brother was poking my you. Brother, my brother was making me laugh. Thanks for joining Billy us Casper, today. Billy Horner. We really appreciate your Double feedback. Indemnity. And please Marky. subscribe to Two the show. Hit them hard. Job. And hit them off. That's 36 holes.